Hello everyone and welcome to Artist Date. I am Pedro Bonato, this is Jana Komarnitska, and uh, it has been, I think, about a month since, maybe a little bit longer, since we did our last uh, Artist Date. And uh, that's sort of like, will probably be the topic for us uh, today. <laughs> so, uh, well, if you are new to the show, welcome. And um, I am a photographer and musician, Jana is a dancer and choreographer. And we have the, been doing this uh, for what, about a year and a half now, I guess, or a year and change. This traveling. Eight? No, no, no. Oh, traveling. traveling around, yes. Yeah, so we're basically uh, homeless for like a long time. And uh, for the last actually four months, we have been in Odessa in Ukraine. So if you're following the, the, this vlog, this, uh, this show for this podcast, for a while, you know, we've been there for like about four months now, and then we had to leave. Right now we are in Istanbul, in Turkey, and trying to figure out next steps for things. And we thought it would be interesting in this episode to, well, basically talk about, because if you're following the news, you know, like the situation, what's going on in Ukraine. And I thought it would be interesting to give a perspective from people that were living there, that one person that is native from Ukraine, another person that is basically a temporary resident that lived there for, well, a year and change. So it would be interesting to talk about not only what's going on there from our perspective and also, but it's not going to be a political show. It's more from the point of view of like, uh, like artists working in different places. And um, well, this basically impacts literally our work and our lives. So then it would, I thought it would be cool to talk about that. Actually receive some questions of people. Oh, are you going to talk about like uh, situation in Ukraine and all this stuff? So it's a personal story of what we're going to mm -hmm. like talk about and um, well. I just was thinking actually our very first Artist Date episode was the day before we traveled to Istanbul and it, that trip was uh, very like, you know, pla not planned, planned and not planned. We were really open to what is going to happen in Istanbul, but it was like decision to go there and we're excited. And it's like, oh, we'll go here, there, we'll do this project. I will try to do something. Uh, and uh, well, who knew even a week ago, eight days ago, that we'll end up right now being also in Istanbul, yeah. recording our next episode, Artist Date episode from Istanbul, because this trip is very different. Uh, I also keep receiving like sometimes question. Oh, did you go check out Istanbul? Did you go there? And right now the mood is completely different. We didn't really walk further than our close by street to fix our phone and right. grocery <laughs> in this yeah. week uh, so far. But uh, definitely um, what was on both of our minds to talk about in this episode is this uh, um, work under some stress and uncertainty and different reactions because you reacted in one way, I reacted in a different way. People around us were reacting in a third way to all the situation, which is uncertain. You never know, like, oh, is it a real something that you need to be afraid of? Or is it just, you know, like media stuff, etc. But how it impacts, impacts your work. And specifically in our case, uh, there are two things that would be different from most people. First is our decision that we don't really have home for the last two years and we are kind of like nomadic artists traveling and it's our decision that um, we want to explore different situations and in that case it was also like ah 
we kind of can uh it's not even can afford or not afford to go and travel somewhere it's part of our life but then those decisions were made under the pressure of not deciding oh where to go or what to do it's kind of under the pressure of some external forces like can we stay longer how longer we can stay in which exact city in ukraine what's better uh like uh to pay attention or not to pay attention and keep going whatever you plan to do before and uh, uh, also uh, in our situation our work is online uh so uh, for us it's benefit on one sign that we have to uh opportunity to work from anywhere in the world so we have that freedom on another side it puts also extra pressure on connection to internet or like what if something you know like uh, some disturptions like sudden i don't know in electricity or internet connection and that not only like to wait through the period it directly impacts the work and commitments that we need to deliver something to people through internet yeah it's uh, so so people know like because uh, things may this will probably go out today already so this episode we're recording i'm going to release right away there won't be fancy graphics or anything like that's just us talking to you um but you should uh know that today is february 21st of 2022 so as you if you watch this later in the week or later in different months the just understand the context in which we are um, uh, that we are uh, talking to you which is basically first we were in um, in ukraine for after our trip to to turkey extended trip for like three months that we were here uh and then we went to odessa in um southern ukraine which is uh, like a coastal town next to the to the black sea and we stayed there we were going to stay there for just a month and then go travel but then we decided to stay there and do a lot of work check out our previous episodes that we talk about that a little bit more but then what started happening uh at the end of the year it's starting in october but like at the end of the year uh that apparently there were like in the border between Ukraine and Russia and then afterwards in Belarus which is sort of like on the north part um, Russian troops started like accruing and getting to uh, positions near the border of Ukraine uh, there is of course a lot of uh, tension and there is sort of like an ongoing war and ceasefire in uh, two regions in uh, in Ukraine 2014 uh, Russia annexed Crimea which was previously um, a place that was part of the territory of Ukraine for well the existence of the country since uh, end of uh, the collapse of the Soviet Union and all that and there has always been a lot of uh, tensions in certain places around Ukraine actually for its thousands of years history it has been people coming in and out it has been a strategic important spot for Europe and the relationship with Asia and with uh, well even here with uh, with uh, Turkey and like Asia Minor uh, so it it has its struggles and it's actually portrayed in their uh, history in their um in their art in their culture in their music it's very prevalent and um and we knew of course for the last eight years there has been this let's say ongoing war on the east part of ukraine but if you live in other parts of the country it's sort of like this strange thing of like life is normal like life as usual so that's the context in which we were in odessa and then slowly but surely 
started like Russia apparently started sending more troops and uh, there was stories of oh, we're not going to invade and then in the West media it started saying oh they're definitely going to invade in Ukraine uh, basically the authorities were saying that oh we know how to deal with the situation there, there's no need to panic so that's sort of like the context in which we were until last week and it's different uh, last few weeks so like the tension building up and things going on because i remember throughout many recent years like everyone all dance organizers for instance were having troubles that people were afraid to travel to ukraine i know you we were going several times to ukraine and your relatives like oh but is it safe because in media like you, they always talk about like oh, war in ukraine and it was more regional like for me like going to give or to most cities to most places in ukraine like it was not it was out of question of course it's safe of course it's okay like yes yeah, some regions unfortunately there is ongoing war but most part of ukraine it's like it was almost like a joke what do you mean it's unsafe in ukraine like what so um that was always like that kind of atmosphere and people almost get used not get used that's not the really right word but it's like yeah we have this ongoing war on one border and it kind of became part of reality that who knows how long that conflict will last but uh, everyone was living like most people were living their like normal day-to-day -day lives and it was not directly affecting for most part of the years like of course when we the things just happened of course everyone paid attention it was affecting everyone but for most period of time, during, since like, I don't know, last, whatever, seven, eight years, mm -hmm. most things were like absolutely normal and it was completely safe in most of the regions of Ukraine. Yeah, like I don't know about the, the safety aspect of it because like, who knows, right, uh, what, what could happen and... Um... But I see that, like, just to compare, for example, to a, a country that hasn't been at war for, I don't know, like, probably 70 years, which is Brazil, like, where I'm from. Uh, but it's funny, like, uh, when I compare the situations going to different countries that uh, people consider safe or unsafe, and um, in Brazil specifically, uh, it is in certain places around Brazil, uh, there is a parallel there that is, like, there are... I was even thinking like when there was going on the like when the Kosovo wars were going on like many years ago and uh, you see the number of people dead there and then I was thinking huh that's sort of like sometimes that's sort of like the yearly body count in Rio from traffic wars right I remember going to Rio de Janeiro once when I was working in a previous life when I was working in the Brazilian Minister of Science and Technology when I was a government <laughs> employee um, I was sent to 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 Rio and I was going on this uh, on this road. I can't remember the red line. I can't remember what the name it was. But basically, we had to stop. There was like traffic, and then everybody was like, "Oh, that's like pissed. What's going on?" And I remember that the person on the car in front was still, when people like got up to stretch their legs. It was that long. Uh, they were saying, "Oh yeah, there is like some shooting going on between two factions, between two favelas, right a few kilometers in front." And um, no one better than I, and to me, I was like horrified that you were basically in civil war. So, independently of the like the deep understanding of what's going on in a specific country, it's very interesting to see the the risk situation. And on that note, one of the things that happened in Odessa a couple of weeks ago that uh, I was going to. Um, 
to the gym daily and uh, really working on body and exercise and all that stuff. And then I was talking to one of the instructors at the gym in Odessa, Ukrainian guy, and he was uh, like sort of like a fighting instructor. And then when he asked where I was from, I said I'm from Brazil. And then he said, oh, that's a very dangerous country, right? And then I was thinking, well, you have basically Russia breathing now your neck. You have probably a war possibly going to happen. But the impression of Ukraine is that Brazil was going to be very uh, unsafe. And in Canada, it's basically the same, too, same thing, too, considering that. And then in... Um, and then in Brazil, everybody's like, what, what, what are you doing in Ukraine? Get out of there. There's like this news of tanks rolling in and, and, and all that stuff. So it's interesting to see like the levels of, um, of safety in different places. And it's sort of like we sort of want different people have different approaches and tolerances for, mm -hmm. for, uh, for safety. At the same time, most places, unless you're literally in war zones, they are basically safe unless you go to certain like regions. But I actually felt very safe in Kiev or Odessa or like Reverik and all the cities that we went to in Ukraine. I never felt like I never saw like muggings or like things like that. So that was um, it was interesting to see. But uh, and that was basically also like for me the reaction for a long time because the talks about uh, like potential tension and like danger and war they were like they are all the time going on. Like you always keep hearing like what happens in the eastern region of Ukraine that there is always some shootings, sometimes injuries or deaths, unfortunately. Uh, and when since the beginning of year it started growing up like more about not just eastern region but in general ukraine like my first reaction was like okay just media just talks they keep talking about this and that's the reaction of most of ukrainian people like okay i feel like although i i haven't lived in ukraine for a long time too but like going back and forth communicating and in general seeing mentality i kind of feel like the people got tired of com constantly fighting with something constantly trying to protect from someone and it's not just in like their lifespan it's kind of generational <laughs> memories i guess because ukraine was always on this in between like geographically located so everyone was either trying to cross through it or divide it or split it somehow so it's it's the history of country from beginning of its existence almost and it's kind of a generation of memory like people in ukraine just tired of it they just want leave us alone and let us leave so first reaction which uh was uh, in many people that you actually observed and pointed and in me that i also start noticing i was like i don't want to think about that i just want to focus on like what's today like oh i need to do this this and this this is my life this is my work like it's kind of abstracting and trying to ignore for as long as possible yeah that was one like as a foreigner in the country it was very interesting to see uh like the reaction especially let's say what it was what mid-january we were actually about to record an artist date and i think your topic was like oh doing stories and sharing your life yeah. and things like that and then we ended up like postponing, postponing, postponing recording things because we, we literally did not know what was going to happen. And usually I, even though I am, let's say, aware of thing, what things are happening around the world in general, I have my own like way of like, okay, I check once a week, I check, especially through podcasts that review the week, I check uh, like 
weekly U.S. Uh, politics and, uh, and the economy and things like that because it's necessary to... Um, it influences the whole world, so it's very important to know that. Then I check a few news that are like about Europe, things about Brazil, things about Ukraine, things about the countries that I'm interested in visiting to see what uh, what's going on there. And then also just general curiosity. I also check, especially since beginning of last year, when you got interested in crypto and Bitcoin and things like that, and that's for a different episode. But I started following a lot of news about Bitcoin, and then that sort of like touches on a lot of international relationships. And that was very useful and interesting. So what I noticed was that, okay, now I have to go, especially because of the language barrier, I found like, say, um, news about Ukraine in English, which of course is going to be biased, even if they're based in, in Ukraine. But I was searching for that. And then I actually started looking on Twitter for breaking news about Ukraine, Kyiv, Donbas region, uh, Donetsk and all that. So then you have these different voices. So in the end, I was being very, 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 like as well informed as I could be with the tools that I have and the time that I had. But I was paying attention to the tension building up around uh, around Ukraine with like, like 100 and something thousand um, uh, troops from Russia in the border, basically surrounding Ukraine. And, um, and as Yana said, like the attitude that I saw was that most people that I, I interacted with, including like Yana, they were sort of like in this, I would call it denial because they were not looking into it because it's different Let's say if you analyze a situation, which is what I was trying to do, and then say, hmm, okay, I don't think this is um, uh, dangerous enough, let's say. And uh, other people are basically like not looking, not seeing. Then, of course, I was giving Yana like reports. Okay, this is what I saw that was happening. This is happening. That's happening. Um, we have to consider this, this and that. And in our original plans were to stay in Odessa for basically mid-February. And then so go two to days ago. yeah, two, yeah, basically two <laughs> days ago, and then go to Kiev and stay there for a month and do a lot of work, like uh, recording some content that we needed to record, and um, basically doing some logistics and some new even photo projects that I wanted to do that by chance have to do with uh, Ukrainian heritage and fashion and all this stuff, and then those uh, those those uh, plans were cut short and. Um, I remember, like from my point of view, not only walking around Ukraine during the times that they were talking about war, so I started having this very strange feeling that was on the way to the gym or to like any other activities, I would see like little parkettes or little like like a amusement park, not amusement park, like, yeah, like little parkettes that where the kids go and play, especially because the weather was getting a little bit better. So then you'd see kids playing around. And it was so surreal to me because living in Brazil or then afterwards in Canada, you don't really think of the uh, uh, danger of someone coming in and doing an aggression on your on your population, on yourself. So it seemed like, okay, I can get out, but what about all these kids? Like it was really tough for me to think. And even though I am a very pacifist guy, I. I sort of like understood because we talk about all oh, the people that treat life normally, but a lot of Ukrainians basically sign up to go to uh, the region of conflict in the east. There were like 14,000 people that died in this eight years. So it's a significant number. But as with everything, it's sort of like life keeps happening. We have this idea of how war is, but how it actually is in, in, uh, in places is very different. 
So for me, it was that thing. And then I started like looking into all the news. I had a lot of, uh, not pressure, but uh, <laughs> um, suggestions from family and friends. Like if you don't need to be in Ukraine, like do not be there. And even I was in sort of like that, um, in, a, in a way, with a little bit of a denial about what was going on. Mainly because what I was thinking was, okay, uh, if my, let's say, my no mental note of what was going to consider to be really dangerous would be if the diplomatic corps or if di different diplomatic embassies and stuff started closing or people started leaving or if countries started asking their citizens to go out, which is basically what happened. And even then, we were like, hmm, maybe you can go and stay at least a week in Kyiv to do some stuff. It was like that kind of stuff. And then basically what happened, just to give like long story short of what happened to us, is that basically last... Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, I woke up, I um, started looking at news and then even Yana's parents who live in Kiev decided to uh, like to call her. And at the same time, I was already looking for tickets. I said it was one of those things. Okay, these people are getting out of the, the country. Like there is no point. This, even if it ends up that it's it was perfectly safe and there was peace, which is what we still hope to accomplish it would be irresponsible for us to stay in the country and maybe be a strand there like a be like like if they would block um uh, airlines which ended up happening for for a while but basically on saturday we bought tickets directly from odessa to istanbul and then prepared everything and then on sunday morning we were already sunday afternoon we were already flying to Istanbul and finding a, a place to stay, which is where we are right now in the in the Asian part, the part we actually haven't explored before um, of uh, Istanbul. But it has been sort of like this standstill. And also, um, I remember like you got, like there are some days that you were very worried about, like you were between this denial and being very, like even like um, very, um, let's say, um, worried and tensed and and panicked so it was this weird uh like uh, situation and usually in this kind of situations i get very like calm and direct okay let's it's the few times that i actually get very very proficient but <laughs> yeah but then it was like okay let's just get the hell out of here and uh, unfortunately and it was with a lot of um i understand why people decide to volunteer and go to wars and all that stuff even though i'm very pacifist in by heart by nature and um and I never think that violence is the answer for most things. And uh, But in this case, I was like, if you see all these kids walking around, what the hell are you going to do? You're going to get your family and go away? Like, it's, um, it's a very strange uh, feeling to see, at least for me. It was the first time in my life that I was able to see, let's say, war from, like, first-hand experience. And then already on Monday, which was last Monday, uh, some of the airlines... Uh, um, um, this that happened on Sunday. We were in the airport and we were receiving news that some airlines already uh, stopped flights with their own going and landing. Instead of going to Kyiv, they were landing before even entering space of Ukraine. So that was happening already on uh, Sunday and uh, on month, Monday and then uh, throughout the week, like more and more airlines that have uh, canceling flights. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that I thought I think it's very interesting to for people to 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 realize when you think of this, um, like what's going on like right now is that independently of what actually is going on, which is very difficult to gauge because it's one thing what happens in legacy media and 
quote unquote mainstream media and the mainstream media from the US, from Europe, from Germany, from like different um, different countries that decide to, or even Russia or in Ukraine, they all have their own agenda. So how do you see through what's actually happening, especially with all the like, de like decades of wars, of foreign wars in different places and um, how can we, with just this, let's say, media information, can gauge what's actually going on, especially with a bunch of propaganda from all sides and all the, those situations. So it's very difficult also because of the fact that usually we are not, I mean, I'm a bit more political than Yana is, but like usually we are not in that area. Like at least my approach for things is like, let me make my work and let my work be something that is useful and good for the world. And uh, it's sort of like you can complete the way that I think about it. And I may be completely wrong because I think there is a lot of uh, use to people that are actually activists to good causes. But to me, it has always been like, OK, you can complain about the distribution of candles or you can create a lamp. Hmm. So that kind of uh, that's my philosophy and thinking. And that applies to art. This is a different conversation from for a different uh, day. But we could not, from a practical point of view, we could not stop and say like, oh, it's okay to be and go to Kyiv to this place or just stay there because there was, if you listen to one side, there would be a very big chance of any day now, um, like an invasion of Ukraine to a false flag or something like that. And then at the same time, you'd have other people say, no, it's fine. We're used to dealing with this. It's going to be solved in different ways. This is a financial crisis being transformed into a war effort, or at least a war, uh, like this fight between Russia and NATO. So it was, uh, in the end, what I thought was appropriate, and I think then Jan agreed with me, it's like, okay, there's no point in us staying here. But at the same time, it's one of those things that then you think, then you, you take your head out of the sand, and then you see, okay, I'm committing to one action, right? So it's sort of like what, uh, this is basically what was going on in this past. And then, of course, how the hell are you going to really focus on work or creative projects or being inspirational when you are in a situation where there is a possibility of your home, and even if it's not your home, it's the home of someone, and usually of people that you love or that you like. I have so many friends in Ukraine, and then they're there. Like, what's... Anyway, so... Um, this is the situation where like uh, where we're in we're out of uh, out of ukraine for now i really hope we can come back soon i really hope that the situation uh, is solved through diplomatic means and commercial means but that remains to be seen i think also the uh, uh for me like i'm definitely not a political i'm trying to uh keep any political topics even out of my like platforms or social media like whatever like it is uh trying to focus on like main subjects that i'm trying to deliver and express but um at the same time like with this situation i i also know like for me personally when i left uh my parents house like i never got a tv for myself and whenever we even rented, we never watched TV. And I remember how um, the difference I uh, noticed when every time I 
go to my parents they always have tv on kitchen turned on and very often it's some kind of news going on and how depressing the news are in general because it's always about something bad something terrible something dangerous etc and then you watch this news and you kind of like get into the state like no matter what no matter i'm not talking about even about the current situation it's in general so for me i was always like i don't watch news if there is something really happened, I will always find out because someone will always post something in their stories or you will mention. So it's kind of like not never actively going into any political uh, topics um, anywhere, like current ones. Uh, because I knew like, okay, things will find me if, if something I need to know. At the same time, like in this specific situation, it was quite difficult to ignore. Uh, the news although you try to ignore from point of view like okay i want to focus on my life like nothing is happening or you have that like hope till the last second oh maybe it will kind of solve out or maybe it's just like media but it's also the pressure of what to believe and not what to believe and having the contrast of what you're hearing on news and what you see in daily life like oh everything is normal everything is going on as usual like what you're talking about and there were some days that it felt completely surreal like what what are we discussing? What are we even worrying about? And there are some days that like, uh, maybe we should pack bags and like not try to keep till the last moment like what we are planning, but at least to be prepared, maybe at least not be in Odessa, but go right away to Kiev early and then see how the situation goes. And it was that situation like not just like, oh, within a few days, within a week, let's pack bags and go. But it was like question like literally right now, stopping everything and packing bags. And that would actually happen because on Saturday morning I still was sending emails, arranging some interviews and uh, recordings for evening of Saturday. And then an hour after I was sending the emails to same people canceling. Sorry, that's not happening tonight. Like we'll contact you later. But also like this uh, state and pressure because for us also that's a topic for probably another future podcast but there was at the same time happening mm -hmm. another big decisions about trials that we had to make and not just like going to have fun or work it was we are still in the decisions yeah it's still in the process of trying to figure out which direction and i would even say life direction to go so it's it's a lot of pressure trying to figure out that questions which we'll probably discuss at some point no, in the future sure. mm -hmm. but also on top of that it's a layer like ah is it like safe to be in the country and not even the not only the question of safety but also the pressure once you hear updates and news like i for instance was getting very tense and almost freezing and there's like my my natural reaction unfortunately i wish i coped with it a little mm -hmm. bit better but to like really high level of stress and high level of uncertainty it's almost like kind of to freeze so you stopped even solving the problems other problems that needs to be solved and decided soon and that's also was time pressing and like so, so it was all at the same time and this like tension again what to believe what not to believe like it's for me it was not just about me but also like no no you like like kind of some of my decisions may influence your decisions also knowing that my parents are staying in ukraine so it was all together and um that was i was partially disappointed because i thought we have already immunity to uncertainty at least i <laughs> because we dealt with so many uncertain situations in our mm -hmm. life like 
starting from also living in the country, like, or would they extend our visa and documents? Can we stay next month or will next month have to go to some other country? So dealing with those stressful situations, living as an artist, that it's always uncertainty, like you don't have a stable salary, like you can be good artist, but you still cannot 100% sure what will be your income by the end of months and can you pay this or that. So it's by definition uncertainty and then imposed uncertainty of our traveling lifestyle, lifestyle which yeah. we enjoy, but it's also like dealing with uncertainty. So I felt like, okay, there's so much uncertainty already in our life, like nothing can throw us off and then suddenly dealing with that kind of stress and uncertainty. I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, it's it's interesting because you can see a lot of that in um, let's say the same set of uh, the same reality, the same set of uh, ideas, or sorry, same same set of um, scenarios that are going on like around the world and around your life, and then people have absolutely different approaches and the and the internal emotions like about that so you usually tend to freak out a lot more i tend to be way more chill at the same time uh whenever things get like let's say more tense or that actions need to be taken i usually get into my general mode and try to do stuff and you get much more frozen but you usually if i am worried about things i tend to procrastinate if you are worried about things you tend to do get a lot of things done <laughs> there is like so there is this uh converse, let's say different approaches to to how to deal with things and at least to me one thing that i always uh, i tell you this all the time like but it's like the way that i approach the things it's like um we're alive we have all our limbs we are fairly uh um, young and healthy so we're not dealing with cancer literal war like so many people are we actually have funds even though it's not that much but we have enough to to live the way that that we want and uh, things are not as so bad and as for the uncertainty you can always be hit by a bus so it's those things like to me i try to get this stoic philosophy kind of like embedded in life like that it's not an uh it's not like you're not engaging with danger is how you engage with that and how much your worry does not really help you unless your worry helps you gauge the level of threat, right? So at least that's how I uh, tend to see these things. But the funny thing is that going through this process of uh, being in a country where, uh, wanted or not, we were in a, for what, 10 years in a country that was somewhat safe and now things are happening in Canada that... Uh, <laughs> it's a different story. Yeah, yeah. but like... Um, Part of the conversation that Janos mentioned, just to mention briefly, was our decisions about around what to do for 2022 and 2023 in terms of our um, travels. Are we going to go back to Canada where we're based and uh, do some projects there? Or are we going to do projects in other places around the Middle East and uh, in Europe? So this is sort of like the context and, and that will actually influence a lot of our like future business work. So then it's like, okay, what are we going to do? That's sort of like the context we're, which we're thinking. And at the same time, just to put it a little funny things that were going funny, quote unquote. Uh, well, we also, a couple weeks ago when uh, tensions were starting to build up and we're, thinking, we're starting to consider, okay, maybe we should not be here. Um, we, got, we got sick. 
we actually were original plan oh maybe we should go to canada earlier than we planned yeah. because we planned only in like april, april may, may yeah. oh what's the point maybe just let's go for now there and then we got sick Yes. So we can't physically, we yeah, couldn't like, physically uh, travel. <laughs> we probably got, it was like somewhat mild, thank the lords. And uh, so we, we probably got Omicron, I think, but it was one of the, because of the symptoms and all that stuff. It was fairly mild, but it basically got Yana out for a week, maybe a little bit longer, and me for a whole for week. week too. So uh, we'll discover later that we were anyway sitting at home. Yeah. yeah for all this time and then we decided like okay we'll postpone because what if this like tension things and then uh in ukraine it's all like online system for like uh I, testing and etc like yeah. so situation so, so yeah. okay we're sitting at home uh hoping that for these two weeks while we are recovering nothing will happen yeah, and then as we went through that, and then we felt good, and then life came back to somewhat normal in uh, in uh, in Ukraine. But then, uh, I mean, for us, it seemed to be because that's the other thing too. Because we talked about our our reactions, but basically, going around like regular day to day life, people were just going to jobs. There were no like all the supermarkets were full. There was no like problems. Like of course, there were people. Apparently, I know a few like in Ukraine that were like doing these trainings for like urban warfare and how to defend your city and all that stuff. But on a day-to-day -day situation, it was as if there was this cognitive dissonance between what you see in the news and what people were doing, right? So, which does not make either one more valid than the other, right? So, uh, but that's also the other thing to, to mention that got me very sad in a way, but I think it's important to mention because I was going to talk about this even before we had these problems with uh, with um, uh, like the war situation related to possible war situation related to to Ukraine, it was one of the subjects I actually wanted to bring up on the uh, on the artist date show, mm -hmm. which actually was I was like oh I always thought this was so important so uh, like key because it is so embedded in the kind of work we are able to do because of the place where we reside. And other people from around the world, not only Ukraine, they are simply do not have those tools. And I think it's important for people to, to know that there is this, what I call this economic apartheid, right? This mm -hmm. the division between what people can do and what I can't do. And I can say that for, as a foreigner in Ukraine, you see so many interesting and cool artists. You see like, for, from my point of view, let's say, uh, clothing designers, lingerie designers, uh, like jewelry designers, so many people doing so many beautiful, great things in, uh, in Ukraine. And then you have this problem, which for most people in, in uh, North America, in, in Europe, which is basically most of our, I assume, our, our audience, like they don't know about this. But like even in Brazil, I can see the difference. Like, because we are residents of Canada, we can have access to the Canadian banking system. Because we have access to that, we have access to certain tools, which are like payment processors, like Stripe, PayPal, Square. Uh, there are many others, but these ones specifically makes you able to create a website very simply and create your business online, which is what we've been doing for the last five years or so, like slowly building up until it became a full-time uh, thing. And then you can charge with a very low uh, like, uh, like percentage uh, like 3% usually, um, 
uh, people to have access to the content you create or the services you, services you provide, right? So basically it is, you have this banking system that gives you access to PayPal, Stripe, which are the big uh, brand uh, like payment processors. It's easy to transfer money from uh, like one person to another, easy to do contracts and all those things. Easy to create a, a, a business to do that legally. When you are, the, the experience I have, which is in Brazil and in Ukraine, in Ukraine, they simply do not have access to even do payments using PayPal, let alone having a business that you can set up online and start selling to places around the in world. In Ukraine, to clarify, you kind of can open PayPal account, but it's useless because you can do payments to someone, but you cannot accept payments and yeah. you cannot transfer this money to your account. So whatever is it on your PayPal, inside, yeah, it's yeah. inside PayPal, which nobody really uses in Ukraine much. Yeah, like. but this sort of like, just to be clear, this is sort of a worker workaround because if you go on PayPal uh, website, it places where they do not accept, like uh, they do not do business with is basically that. Yeah. So it's, it's de facto, you cannot. Stripe is not available. So let's say on all the website builders like uh, I don't know, Squarespace, WordPress, whatever you, people use, uh, they have direct integration so you can accept payments for digital goods, for, for physical goods, and then you can send out. So that makes it that in Ukraine, they uh, can't, it's very difficult for a small business, for a person that is only based in Ukraine, to be able to be in the world market for selling things. Brazil is sort of the same too, same thing. Like now apparently PayPal and Stripe and other uh, things are available in Brazil as of this year. Mm. But for many years, it was not the case. And also the other problem that we had is just a little thing that is very important for people to, to understand that that will influence small businesses, which will influence the independent creators such as ourselves, which is for example, in Brazil, if you want to, you could accept credit cards, for example. But if you have an if you have a Brazilian credit card, if you have an international credit card, the system, because of the rules, the regulations of the country, they're not set up to accept those uh, payment from international customers. So that basically cuts you off from the global conversation in terms of trade. And I think that's something that is not even talked about today, of course, with the war situation. But in my case, with the way that I see it is, and that's something, as I mentioned, that I wanted to talk about from before. If someone with, let's say, the equivalent um, skill level and interest in Ukraine to us, aside from the language barrier, assuming the person knows like enough English, uh, they would not be able to do the kind of business we do because they literally are cut off from those uh, payment processors and from those, let's say, banking systems. And I think that's a very unfair thing around the world. And of course, in Ukraine, it's the case, but even if you go to Iran, for example, other places that have been cut out of the SWIFT payment system many, many years ago, they basically can't even do regular banking trades with uh, uh, like anyone uh, outside wire the country, transactions. Basically. Yeah, so it's... Uh, um, it's interesting to see like how, what kind of lives are possible when the government either helps you or stands in your way. And all these international pressures that go on in different places that, okay, if you are in Ukraine and you have a big company and you can have access to um, like credit card payment systems and all that, you're in better shape. However, if you are um, 
like a small business, you're basically cut off from that. And uh, that's one of those things that I before I wanted to talk about. And now it would be something that um, one of the things that changed a lot in my thinking too was to maybe have, um, uh, not for me to be talking too much about this, but I think it's like interesting, like for me as a, as a foreigner that lived in Ukraine for a long time, tend to go back there and uh, have that as sort of like a base for our, for our, for our work. How important it is for me to be an, not an activist, but like to argue for the necessity of making payment systems that are available globally, especially for small businesses, especially for independent creators, so that they can actually share their art. Because there is this phrase that I love from, I think it's Basquiat, that said like, if goods don't cross borders, soldiers will. And uh, this is one of the great examples of how I see, let's say, on a a grander, but let's say on a contextual scheme of why I'm interested in, say, in uh, ethnic fashion photography or uh, the, our mix of music and dance okay. and all those things we do, which is this direct touch to pe other people's cultures, that it becomes your own. When you put on the clothes, or like in soccer, when the the after you have the 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 games, I don't follow soccer, but I know that that's what they do. Uh, that. Um, they after the the game is over they switch t-shirts right and th that to me it's some of the most beautiful things that exist in sport and i think it's in a way it's my interest in ethnic fashion too is this idea of let me put your clothes on let me give you the clothes of my people and together we can become one and uh, that's sort of like um not in a mea culpa way but it's like if i had been working more diligently on that I would be able to possibly help out people that are in need in, uh, in Ukraine. And that's sort of some of the next projects that I will be working on as we navigate this uh, the situation, which is to have an element of fine artwork that is related to a cause, which I know it's an obvious thing that people have been doing, but I haven't done it. And um, now I have a reason to, because I want uh, Ukraine to continue to be, the, uh, to be on an ascending trend. Yeah, but I think these uh, differences and challenges with tools available for people uh, in different countries, uh, that's uh, uh, kind of, I guess, bigger geopolitical conversation also, because it's definitely not only about government in the country, whichever country we are talking, it's also about conversation of that government with other governments and, like, you know, the world, or and... Uh, um, Probably, like, this, I think all the events happening, whichever we talked today about, either this, like, payment systems or, like, this geopolitical tension, etc., it's all about politics and conversations and about money on a bigger scale that, for someone, it will be benefiting, but, unfortunately, for regular people, it's typically who is struggling from all this maneuvers and all these like things going yeah. on and uh, and even from let's say from a micro point of view even from our case right it's like we were going to stay in odessa for a little while and then we're going to go to kiev to do some more work in kiev and that means that our money that is generated around the world was going to be uh, used in ukraine 
for rental studios, places to stay, places to eat, places to go out, equipment to buy, all those things, they're going to be inserted in the local business. And now, even if there is no war, even without, just with the looming like drums of war going on right now, it still already impacts drastically what people can do, especially when you see um, like Ukraine on the spotlight and then the good things that you saw so much support from basically all countries around the world to, to Ukraine. So maybe there is this, um, uh, let's say, maybe there is some positive externalities of all this exposure to Ukraine, which I certainly hope it is the case. So people know more about the country and learn uh, all the, the beautiful things that, uh, that exist there and the opportunities. But even in our like small case, there is a certain amount of money that is not going to go to Ukraine right now because we are not there. And we have to go to, let's say, we're here in, uh, in uh, Turkey, which is actually a strategic partner with the uh, with Ukraine, there is like a free trade zone. There's all sorts of things that are being they're going on right now, but um, that also like made me a bit uh, sad and made me think of okay, how can I help uh, the people like over there? And the, at the same time, just as a, a point, just to make sure that people understand that, at least from my point of view, I don't know for you, but it's like there is this. Um, everybody needs help. Like if you go to the stuff that happens in Somalia, in Yemen, that are going on right now, or, well, downtown Brazil, there is like my sister that is like a teacher. They have, uh, uh, they like, uh, they're telling stories that like some kids, they actually go to school because they will be able to eat. And she had like one kid that basically passed out on the first uh, period of the class because she, the last meal she had was on Friday. Mm -hmm. And then on Monday, she would go to class so that she could actually get food. This has happened in 2022. Like it happens all over the world, even though all the indicators are that like poverty is at a, a like record level around the world. There's like there is good reasons to have optimism, but active optimism in that active optimism is since no one knows exactly what to do, you do what you can and according to your conscience. And that could be okay, let me really focus on creating my business and uh, or doing uh, philanthropic work or like helping your family at home to make sure that everybody has like a good there is all sorts of good that can be done and uh, in situations like this at least for me it gives this um, okay this is not a joke everybody has their struggles and let's try to help everybody including ourselves yeah i don't know what to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it's a tricky topic yeah i know yeah it's um in any case like um Hopefully this is, has been uh, interesting for, for you guys. This is our update in, uh, for the Artist Date show. Hopefully next week will be more uh, cheerful. cheerful <laughs> and um, we are, our hearts are uh, with the people of Ukraine. And uh, also to be fair with the people from all over the world, including the people that um, are supposedly their enemies, even like I never been to, to Russia, but uh, there's so much cultural relationships between those it's countries it's not about people it's about yeah. politics and yeah. uh, government and it's uh, a little bit scary to see uh, both in 2014 and now and i'm talking from both sides from ukraine and russia specifically in this like relationship and conflict because we have uh, some relatives in russia in Ukraine, obviously, have relatives, but it's scary to see how media and government 
can literally brainwash people's yeah. minds on both sides. And when you conceive an information, that's what also the part of the tension was also for me, like questioning like, oh, can I really believe like what is said? Either it is said it's going to be bad or either it said like people don't worry, just trying someone trying to, to create a panic. So both of this news, uh, you never know what to trust. Is it like real? news or is it someone is brainwashing and i think the only kind of reason why even to think for um from this point of us for us because we were away from like both countries and we don't have news on a daily basis so whenever we go there and immersed in that it's kind of like seeing it even seeing like people's reaction and my relatives reaction like in ukraine like the situation is like yeah like Let's hope nothing will happen. Let's hope like everything is like will be good and it's just like the uh, informational war, let's say. Yeah. Although people are dying already. Uh, so, but anyway, like let's hope it's more economical, like informational war. But you never know. Like you don't know what's gonna really yeah. happen. And finally, like just to bring back to outside of this topic of specifically of war or like the specific things in Ukraine, one of the let's say the takeaways that uh, I got from the situation that really helped over the last uh, couple weeks, like at least uh, give some direction, some north star, and the importance of certain kinds of work. Sometimes as artists, we think like at least for me, like. Oh, maybe this work is not that important or like, not even important. We talked about this in previous episodes, but like, what's the relevance of mm. doing this drum solo inspired by different uh, like uh, cultures? What is the point of doing this music inspired by this or this dance inspired by that or photography work that recreates mythology or um, infuses uh, ethnic fashion, all those things that I'm interested in. What's the relevance of this? I'm not doing plumbing. I'm not doing like creating like, I don't know, like I'm not in Amnesty International trying to take away prisoners of war and all those things. And um, that uh, we started the year with that phrase that I really liked, which is a beauty will save the world, right? By Dostoyevsky. Mm. And uh, one of the things that was sort of like a takeaway from me is that when my friends, for example, from Brazil, that they ask, oh, Pedro, are you not in, uh, in Ukraine right now? And then they are like, because they learn about Ukraine from the media. They have never heard the music of Ukraine. They don't know their stories. And vice versa, the people from here, they just know all oh, Brazil, soccer and, um, I don't know, drugs and favelas. So, samba. Yeah, samba. <laughs> yeah, so it's like um, there are the silos of culture that are permeated by one like United States and in, in Britain mainly, in terms of culture, see the elevator music and then you'll see who is your master, right? And um, that made me think of how actually important it is, the work of spreading cultures, not from top down or from, take a look at my culture, see how patriotic I am. No, it's let's learn from everybody. So. Let's see about the music of Ukraine, the music of Brazil, the music of Bulgaria, the music of, uh, of Japan, of China, and all the places around China, and how they were influenced to each other. And also, in that way, that's one of my, let's say, life's goals over time, which is to create these forms of trade, of culture, of goods, around co uh, countries, sort of like a decentralized way of doing these kinds of, of work. That's... Mm. Uh, 
to me, seeing what's going on right now and seeing the reactions of people, they don't know, they haven't seen this. And I don't blame them because they either, for example, in terms of music, they either listen to American pop, then some things that transcend that, that becomes world like rap that can be done in any language and the music of their country. And then if you have any relationship to another country, then you'll have that third vein as well. Instead of, uh, and there is this world community, this is very small still, of like world music creation and people that are interested in all sorts of uh, cultural elements. And I think that the next, and I don't mean this in a grandiose way, I mean that in literally things we can do right now, just go watch a movie from different countries, go listen to music from different places you have. If you have like Spotify or YouTube or whatever, you can just put there Ukrainian music, Bulgarian music, and try to go around, have friends from different parts of the, of the world so that um, we'll have a stronger network of culture and a stronger network of uh, products that cross borders so that soldiers won't. Mm -hmm. And um, to me, that contextualized this past weeks of the importance of this work and um, that is probably the new renaissance of a, let's say, world mythology that it's not the one culture that they're trying to impose on us, right, through force. It's the distribution of trying to figure out the best of everybody so that everybody can have access to those things. And that, to me, in a positive note, is what inspired me to keep going, keep working and trying to um, go against all enemies from within and without to try to make the world a better place through enrichment of culture. Mm. I also think that learning each other cultures and falling in love with some other cultures and if it's gonna get on like a massive like level, not just an individual, but like more and more people get into this trend and curiosity, it kind of will in a certain way take away borders because once you fall in love with something you it kind of becomes part of you and you becomes part of that mm -hmm. culture or that like too so i guess it's like this dreamy dream of one day like treating like my home as like the whole world rather than like oh this is the piece of land which is still valid and still valuable but also looking and expanding that we all dream about the same we all love the same way and we all share beauty of some uniqueness which would be great to you know explore exchange and uh, uh, just admire this richness of the world yes we are finishing like peace for the whole world <laughs> like <laughs> beauty pagan <laughs> speech but um yeah it's like we were like often talk in the dance world that oh the dance is international language but the languages international languages are arts in general and mm -hmm. cultures in general and uh, that's something that can i guess uh, somehow help to ease the conflicts and get in opposition to the politics that trying really to put more division between people. Right, yeah. So with that, we hope you found this interesting. Again, my name is Pedro Bonato. This is Jana Komarnitska. You can find us on social media, usually Pedro Bonato, two Ts, Jana underscore dance yes. on social media. Again, this, um, uh, this show is available for you on YouTube uh, if you're watching us here. So please leave a, a like and subscribe to, to this channel so you can see the next 
uh, episodes, which we'll try to make consistently every week. Uh, at least that's the goal. You can also subscribe if you prefer to listen to the to the to the show. You can subscribe to it on Spotify, on uh, Apple iTunes, on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find all that information at yanadance.com/artistdate. Um, just to mention that we're sponsored by ourselves. So if you'd like to learn uh, dance, and now there is a new corner of music in the Yana Dance Club, that is uh, Yana's platform for uh, teaching uh, belly dance. And um, it's a very cool platform. Go check it out, yanadanceclub.com. And uh, Yana's wearing one of our right. designs from uh, our. Uh, we have a store that we started creating designs, and we work with designers too. To with, um, uh, do you want to talk about it? Sure. Like this is uh, my inner dancer online store. We started it a while ago, but it's basically items inspired by dance and inspired by different cultures but uh, right now mostly inspired like by belly dance but bringing them into daily life like for instance like this hoodie this kind of uh, stuff and we hope uh, we'll uh, expand it expand soon because actually we were planning to release some very cool items literally these days but because of all the yeah. topic of our today's conversation like we explained like we are postponing it for a little bit later but uh, there are already many cool items in the store so check it out myanadenser.com yeah and see you next time <laughs>